This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese, and also joining us this morning in studio, Butch Carter. Good morning, Naz, and good morning, Butch. Good morning, Wally. Good morning, Wally. Anyways, Naz, happy anniversary. It's uh, our, it's same our, to you. <laughs> it's, our, uh, it's our third anniversary show today, and uh, we've, uh, we've been on the air for three years, and we've had a lot of fun, and we'll chat a little bit about it, uh, some of the challenges and some of the enjoyment that we've had uh, and uh, obviously our big thanks is our, to our listeners and to our sponsors and to all the people that have helped us out. But we'll chat about that later in the show. Naz, I'm excited this morning. Uh, certainly a huge, huge win for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're down to the short strokes. We've got one week left in the season. There's five games left. We've got Buffalo in Buffalo tomorrow night. And they're looking to play the role of the spoiler, as they usually do. Try to uh, upset us in Toronto then we've got Washington, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, and Columbus, the last four at home. As we look at the standings this morning, much to my surprise, or much not to my surprise, Toronto Maple Leafs are in second place in the yeah, division. They, they've, they've, caught. they've caught Ottawa, yeah. So uh, your, uh, your thoughts on uh, a huge, huge victory. Analyze it for us, Naz. Uh, well, I kind of called it. We, we looked at the previous three games, and what's happening in the NHL with the three games in four nights, and Detroit had to play five games in seven nights. It does affect the players for sure. And the Leafs played uh, Florida on a back-to-back, and they beat them. They played um, last night, five games in seven nights in Detroit, and they, they, they won that. So they're in pretty good shape, and they're going to be a tough team to play in the playoffs, Wally. What's your reaction? You, uh, what you, what uh... makes you think that? <laughs> what makes me think Yeah, what makes you think that? You know I mean... what it is, Butch? Their power play is number one in the league. Yeah. Number one in the league. Agree. Their penalty killing is sixth in the league. Yep. You, you, lost, you, you're lucky. They, you're giving me that. Uh, but go ahead, they, they lost eight games in a shootout, which you, is not going to happen in the in the playoffs. There's no shootout. And overtime is you, five you, on you five. You got that skeptical look on no, your this, uh, this, uh, is, this morning. This Butch, is why? That, why are you skeptical? Their their inexperience has no playoff history at all. As good as they play, but their coach's got a lot of history. The, co- the coach has a tremendous history, but he's not going to put on a pair of skates. Right, so uh, the reason they've improved is their puck possession has improved. You know, they were a little soft through the neutral zone. They cleaned that up, and I agree with you. You know, they they're they're very good on the power play, offensively and defensively. But I still think that the ACC is a tough building. 
Um, no team has ever shown real dominance either with the Raptors or the Leafs in the home building because of the way the suites are set up. So you're going to go into an intermission in a playoff game and come out and no one's going to be in the platinum seats, which is not good for a young team. All right, so, you know, the professional athletes at that level, when they're struggling, can feed off of, you know, and you, you guys have seen the whiteouts and what the other, but the way the ACC is designed versus other buildings, it is really not in the best interest. No basketball team, uh, no hockey team has been able to dominate, be, be able to dominate on the home ice. I I, uh, I agree to you to a certain extent, Butch, and there's part of it that uh, I, I might uh, respectfully disagree with, and I, and I want your comment on this because they've I, I, they've made the point um, they use they've used the terminology I don't know where this came from, but uh, this particular Leafs team started the season with no pressure on them because there were no expectations. There's no they've overachieved. I I, I think it's fair. Uh, in any analysis that they've overachieved, and they, you know, they use the terminology they're playing with house money. Uh, I, I think that's a poor analogy, but let, 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 let's follow the, that that train of thought. They're playing in with house money. They make the playoffs right now. It looks like they're going to be in the two or three slot. Uh, so it's either Ottawa or Boston. Um, to the extent that they've made the playoffs, they've achieved their success for the season. Um, there's no pressure on them. How, how much difference does that make? Well, I, I think there is pressure. Where, I mean, where, where does the pressure come from? Nobody expects them to do anything. Be, because, because they are really self-motivated athletes. I believe that if, if uh, you told those kids that, you know, they weren't supposed to win a playoff game. Um, but there's, know, there's a difference between wanting to win a playoff game and going out there, these kids are having fun. From what I can tell, they're having fun. You yeah. can see it in the expre- in their expressions. But it goes back to the Chicago game, you know. And, uh, you know, they had the Blackhawks beat. And they, they didn't understand how hard you had to kick a champion to knock them out. And they basically have been on a good run since that game, right? And uh, Coach got on them, you know, really good that, you know, they had a chance to, to gore the Matador, and, and, they, and they didn't. So... Uh, I I believe the young guys will struggle from the standpoint of uh, going into your first playoff series. Uh, as you said, the expectations around them are low, but I think right now they're they're uh, think think about the season. They started out, you know, Matthews killed them in the opening game, but who have been their two toughest opponents around Matthews? And the issue I say is that you got a young centerman; he still has to learn how to play and carry the puck in the playoffs. The the NHL teams that have played well against him or taken him, been able to take him out of the game have effectively slowed them down tremendously. Um, so, you know, I, I think that you need everything going in in a playoff game, and you can't, you can't just fake it. It can't be – they can give out all the towels. They can give out all the T-shirts. But if all the Maple Leaf fans aren't sitting there cheering those young guys on. It gets a, it gets a lot tougher because they're going to play someone who has a lot more playoff experience. Yeah, they're probably going to play Boston, who does have playoff experience. But the Boston defense is worse than the Leafs, Butch. Their goaltending has not been great all year. And the, the, the fact is the Leafs have – their young guys have won before, like at the junior level. Some of these guys, they get drafted in, haven't won before. But all these guys like Marner, two Memorial Cups with London. Um, Matthews has won at his level. Nylander has too. Like they, they've come from winning organizations, so it's not as if they don't have 
playoff. They have they don't have playoff experience in the NHL, but they do have it here. Well, you, you know, you uh, you took a, a, a young Raptors team and uh, matured them a little bit uh, with some superstars. Um, how do you approach? Babcock is as seasoned as anybody. What do you do with an inexperienced team uh, going into its real first playoff series? How do you approach it, Butch? Well, they will be prepared as no other team because Mike and his staff have all that playoff experience. The issue at the end of the day is this what happens in the playoffs. You have one of your really good players, and for whatever reason, they cannot get going. And so the conundrum it puts the coach in is do I continue to give him his ice time or his court time? Because you're going, you got to think about how's he going to look at me and what's my relationship going to be like with him going forward. And so that is a tough part. You you get you know two or three uh, players, or all of a sudden you're you're talking about you got to change a lineup, you know, and all that stuff is pretty dramatic stuff for the players because they've they've gotten here playing a certain way, and then for whatever reason, you know, the A's and the B's don't line up, and someone struggles really struggles, really struggles, or or they're doing stupid things, turning the puck over. Um, and so, you know, that's that's the problem with the playoffs for all teams. You take one of your two or your three of your star players, you know, with hockey, you know, the tremendous amount of, of uh, human capital you have with four lines, and they're not playing well, then you're saying, okay, how do I shake it up and stir it up? And the, the problem is when you're a young team, you don't want to screw up your relationships with them long term. You don't want them – you know, going away in the summer, you know, really disliking what was going on. So the most important thing is that if they could play, play well. Uh, even if they don't win, they need to play well enough that Mike doesn't have to shake the lineups up and do do things that will hurt people's feelings going forward. Now, uh, this with the, having a young team, the way the schedule's been, they've been playing a lot of games in a lot of days in a short period of time. Does it, does it affect positively to the young guys because they have more energy than the older veterans? It, 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 it should be positively. I mean, basically, they you know, they went on a road early. Uh, we've seen them cough up some games in the third quarter with leads. So they've learned the Detroit game was a good example. You would have thought, okay, are they going to spit it out? You know, and they didn't. And a lot of that is – a lot of that is – it's some games for athletes, professional athletes are personal. And they knew that game for Babcock was personal. Babcock built his reputation in that building. It was the last game in that building. So sometimes you attach to a coach or a coach attached to a player because he knows the player's coming back and playing at home. Or, you know, he sees the player's got 50 tickets, you know, he's having to fill out. So some games are uh, personal and professional sports. That game, I thought, last night because of the historical value of what's going on there for Mike and, and some of the guys on his staff. Um, and Shanny. So, you know, I think they did very well last night. But, again, it's about when you get in the playoffs, the teams you're playing can win two games on your surface. So you have to hold home court. If you can't hold home court, then that's when sweeps come or you're going to be out in five. 
I figured out the solution, Butch. We're just going to have to uh, we're just going to have to turn off the uh, the martini bars and the uh, and the beer taps yeah, that's and, gonna in the platinum lounges uh, and get these people back in their seats. Just uh, turn just turn <laughs> just turn just turn them on early and they can't. We've move. been you know what Na, 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 Naz and I Naz and I have been complaining for years that 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 the ACC is one of the worst places to watch a hockey game because there's no atmosphere in there. But I I hope I, I don't know if you remember the ACC may be that way. But the old Maple Leaf Gardens used to be when when the playoffs started. Uh, I don't know if you remember that St. Louis series in '93 when Gilmore scored in overtime. The place went nuts, and it was it was a great place to watch a hockey game. So, so somehow, assuming the Leafs uh, make the playoffs and still have our fingers crossed, there's still work to be done. And Butch, I just want to ask you a question. Then we got to go to break. We've got Eddie Andelman, the Godfather of Sports Radio. We're going to be talking Toronto, Boston. We'll be talking WrestleMania. Uh, Butch, I want to ask you this question. Um, sports is a ruthless, cynical business. You've been in that business from a d- couple of different perspectives, from a personal perspective. Do you get excited that the Leafs are in a playoff run? Do you get excited that the Raptors are in a playoff run? What is it? You know, you're, you've been on the part. You've you've been with the pulse of that part of the business that's ruthless and cynical. Can you still can you st- still have fun watching sports? I, I have fun watching Leafs and Blue Jays. Right? I mean, I've watched so much basketball, and uh, you know, the, basketball is not about winning anymore in the NBA. It's just about let's keep the whole thing going in the right direction. So it's hard for me to because I became a coach because I want to change young people's lives and show them how to win and compete. And the way things are set up with the a guaranteed contracts for you know players and coaches. It's 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 not about winning. It's just about people getting along, uh, not offending anyone. And you know to be really good, you, you sometimes you're going to offend people in sports. I mean, it's, you said it's a ruthless business, and the most competitive, smartest guys they're 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 a beast all the time. But I enjoy uh, <laughs> the only thing my wife and I don't agree on are the Blue Jays. So, and, and, and what's the source of that disagreement? She is she is a sports fan, but she doesn't want to sit and watch. She'd rather watch paint dry <laughs> than sit with sit with me and watch the Jays. But you know, I mean, I'd watch more ba- more baseball. But before I was twelve, the Big Red Machine. I mean, you know, I'm just down the road from the great Cincinnati team. So, you know, baseball. I know I probably know baseball better than any sport. So, um, you know, it it is ruthless, but. Yes, I like watching this young team with the Leafs. Um, I've learned a lot. And, uh, you know, it's it's easy to watch good young hockey. I mean, for me, it is, right? Uh, watching some of, the, some of the teams out west and some of the boring stuff, no. But, you know, I, I watch the home teams. Um, but I don't, you know, I wish Casey well. But I don't, you know, as far as watching a Raptors game and turn the TV on and watch DeMar shoot it 30 times, like, that's that just doesn't excite me. Hold that thought, Butch. Uh, we're gonna go to break. I wonder if you're into wrestling. That's what <laughs> no, we're gonna have we're gonna have some real fun because we got we got Eddie Andelman coming on right after the break. Eddie Andelman is of course the uh, host of the most famous sports talk radio show in history, in my opinion, the Sports Huddle out of Boston. Uh, this was one of the great, uh, the iconic sports radio talk show host, Eddie Andelman, the Godfather of Sports Radio. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville wondered who makes the best Ponzo. 
After exhaustive and highly scientific research, we asked three customers and a guy named Cheech, we have concluded that Pizzaville makes the best Ponzo in town. There you have it. You can't argue with facts. Maybe I should run for president. Call Pizzaville for a Ponzo at 7363636, not 7363636. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, we are also on 967 FM in studio with us this morning is Butch Carter. We've been trying to get a hold of of Eddie Andelman uh, with no success so far. We'll keep trying. Uh, Butch uh, Raptors, a big big uh, announcement yesterday that uh, you have. Uh, I'm sure some comments on because uh, you spent some time with this gentleman in Toronto. Tracy McGrady was admitted to to the uh, to the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. Your thoughts? Well, it's... Um, uh, last night I was... Uh, I watched the uh, second half of the North Carolina game with uh, Charles Oakley, and uh, me and Oak were laughing because uh, Tr- Tracy is probably the most unpredictable one of the whole group we had. And um, I'm elated for Tracy. I've, I've said this years ago that... Um, that Tracy and Vince would be in the Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, it just means a lot for uh, a kid from a really small town of, like, 2,000 people in Central Florida. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that I had a small part. As I told Tracy, all I could do is try to be the best first coach he ever had. And um, But the accomplishment is is an individual accomplishment. And... Uh, within a team concept. And, you know, as far as I was concerned, Tracy handled 90% of everything that 
we did very well. And the and the ten percent I had to excuse because of his youth. Yeah, he he was an exceptional player. You brought him along slowly, though. I remember that first year he played. Yeah, I'm just I'm you know just not a big believer in uh, running eighteen year olds. Look, I had an advantage as a coach. I started as a high school coach, so I learned very early that I couldn't play my fourteen and fifteen year olds in practice against my nineteen year old seniors and eighteen year old seniors. Because they can play in a game because you got officials, but it's really tough on them in practice. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tracy benefited from that. Like I always said, you know, the most important thing for me was I had all this experience. I had all these notes. I had all this stuff in my head I wanted to do. And then I was fortunate enough that I got a bunch of players, young and old, that gave me a chance to implement it. And um, Tracy has had an outstanding career, and uh, I'm happy for him uh, and his wife and the kids. Uh, it is a substantial accomplishment uh, for a young kid who, you know, really didn't. He had great leadership that got him out of Central Florida, got him into prep school, put him in a draft when people didn't think he could be drafted. And uh, I go back to the call I get from then GM, and I was in Milwaukee, and he's talking about this kid, and I said, here's the math of it. Um, if you go back for 20 years, the number one high school player, if he stayed in college four years, was one or two draft in, in the NBA. So what I'm telling you is that if you don't take him now, and he didn't tell me the name of the kid, he said, you don't take him now, you will not get him because you'll be good and he'll be picked early. And uh, fortunately, I think Toronto was the right place for Tracy to come. You know, he got off to a rocky start because uh, Darrell Walker didn't know how to handle him. But, you know, it was there were some loud conversations between me and him and his agent and uh, the guys who uh, handled him, and that lasted one day. And uh, when I told him, you know, we'll talk about it again in six weeks, he was an entirely different player. The whole landscape had changed, and, and he grew up a lot. He t- Tracy took upon himself to make himself a really good player, and he made himself a great defender first. And uh, I just wouldn't overplay him. Like I said, to this day, Tracy McGrady is the only NBA player to get a max contract, did not make an all-star team, did not start 50 games. And makes the Hall of Fame. Yes. Anyways, guys, we are uh, pl- pleased to announce we've been able to connect with Eddie Andelman. Eddie Andelman's a friend of the Nazimwali Sports Hour. He is the iconic godfather of sports radio from the Sports Huddle in Boston, Massachusetts. Eddie, good morning. How are you, sir? Okay, how you doing? I'm sure I've been knighted. <laughs> you've been knighted. That's great. Just want to tell you, Eddie, you've got you've got myself, Wally, of course, you've got Naz, and in studio joining us this morning is former Toronto Raptors coach Butch Carter, and I'm and I know we're celebrating uh, we're celebrating the third anniversary of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We're also celebrating uh, the 33rd WrestleMania, and I know that uh, you've been heavily involved in in your career in some of the uh, wrestling hijinks. You've been given credit for developing, I believe, the King of the Ring or some other things. And I know wrestling was always a big part of your show. And uh, you've you've interviewed and had fun with some of the great wrestlers of all time. But, Eddie, the big one today, the big match, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Can you size that one up for us, please, Eddie? Well, Brock Lesnar is the stupidest human being alive. <laughs> uh, Why don't you tell us what you think? <laughs> of course, he has no chance to win at all. Um, if you uh, remember what's in the Bible uh, about David and Goliath, 
And um, Goldberg is just too smart for him, too strong. And Goldberg's an old man, you know. Mm-hmm. He started to get Social Security like 15 <laughs> years ago. That puts him in his 70s. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> you, know, you you certainly don't hold back any punches. Uh, you haven't lost a step, Eddie, and I'm glad to see we're having some fun. But WrestleMania, I mean, we can laugh about WrestleMania all we want, but it is, it, you know, it, some people think in it's actually bigger than the Super Bowl. I, I, I know I, I get criticized forever for even suggesting that, but it it, it it's a... It's an event. It's it is something beyond the ordinary. Uh, why is why 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 is WrestleMania such a, such a, a huge part of popular culture around the world? Well, compared to other sissy sports like baseball and hockey, <laughs> and, <laughs> women's hockey, of course. Uh, this is like macho men. This is where the real men meet, and um, they don't ask for. Any uh, special rules, they train for this. Uh, and, you know, I have mastered uh, and co-authored the uh, rule book of professional wrestling. And there really is only one rule, and that is uh, make sure that the crowd is entertained, make sure you have a lot of fun, and make sure that you do nasty tricks. You know, for example, for years... Um, they said that uh, there was Mr. Moto who used to throw um, um, foreign objects, uh, dust and everything, in someone's eyes. Very dust. And they say, that was a dirty trick. Well, it wasn't. It's in the rule book. <laughs> <laughs> and the section 4, lines 12 through 90, uh, it, it covers uh, foreign objects. Uh, and I think it uh, also encourages people to cheat. We don't have enough of that in professional sports. I don't, I don't see why baseball players kind of, uh, you know, load their bats with tar, and I don't understand why they, they have all these stupid rules. Like, just take football now. Um, in football, there are so many rules uh, that it, it's, it takes away from the game itself, and, and they want to protect all their athletes. Why? I mean, what is it for? People go there. It's like in boxing. People go there. Uh, how much better would boxing be uh, if you could do whatever you wanted to do? You know, and, and I think that WrestleMania is like that. And, you know, a ticket to that uh, is, uh, I would say, the most valuable ticket that you can have. Uh, I once uh, used to get two free tickets from McMahon. It was a buddy of mine, and I used to sell them on the street for thousands of dollars. I mean, that's how I took care of my family. I'm just curious. Did, did McMahon know that you were selling them on the street for a couple of thousand bucks, Eddie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all business. Eddie, i got to ask you. Hogan, yeah. Andre the Giant, WrestleMania three. is that the greatest wrestling bout of all time? No, because neither one of them could really wrestle. Uh, if you, they have what they call, they have to stay low because they can't, uh, you know, get on top of of the um, of the ropes and jump down. I mean, Andre the Giant, and incidentally, he is alive. You know that he he is not dead. People keep making that same mistake. Um, Where do you I, see that he's alive? Hanging out with JFK and Elvis. I mean, that's the first <laughs> I heard that one. Eddie, he's still alive. Uh, 
Oh yeah, uh, you know the I I decided to do some detective work, and I called big and tall coffins uh, because a man his size had to have a special instruction, and and. Um, no one ever got an order from him. See, there's a promoter. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a real promoter. Eddie, you're the, you're, 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 I got to tell you, you're the best. But we want to take you to an area. Um, we, we, want, we can't let you. We can't let this one go because I don't know if you've realized, uh, but Toronto and Boston, uh, we're at each other's throats in all kinds of different sports. I know. I know. In Boston, you guys look down on us in Toronto when it comes to to sports at all, but. Uh, Man, we're Eddie. We're going toe to toe with you guys—the Jays and the Red Sox, the Leafs and the Bruins, the Raptors and the Celtics, and uh, our soccer club in the Revolution. Uh, is uh, are we are we are we developing a big hate between Toronto and Boston? Well, I mean, it might be on the Toronto side. But I think uh, I think people in Boston, you know, think Toronto is a is a nice little city and uh, has nice people, and they're very. Uh, except for the women, um, because the women lost the United States two to nothing. Oh, you did. You did have to rub that in. I was hoping that that would uh, that would pass you by, but you you had to rub it in. Did you did Eddie? That that you hurts. But that's yeah, a t- that's a typical Bostonian attitude. So I'm a rookie <laughs> with the Lakers, and my I got an uncle that has lived and worked in Brockton, Mass. So you know, tickets for him and his family and. I'll be damned. They're standing waiting for me in the locker room, dressed in green. I'm like, what the hell are you thinking about? <laughs> so Bostonians don't think much of outsiders. Uh, Eddie, well, t- to give us a little, uh, you know, baseball starting uh, tomorrow, uh, or today actually, but in Toronto tomorrow. And I know uh, the Jays and the, the Jays and the Red Sox had a, had a good uh, had a good run at each other last year. And you've got what used to be one of our prized assets, uh, which. Uh, I'm not so sure he's a prized asset with the Red Sox at $217 million, but David Price, uh, give us a, give us a little uh, up-to-date on the Red Sox and where you think the Red Sox are going this year. Well, I think they'll win the division uh, pretty easy. Um, they are loaded. They have some great young players, too. And, you know, Trout is the best player in baseball right now, and second best might very well be Mookie Wilson. Um, I have to tell you, the Red Sox have everything uh, that is necessary. But again, they have to get by Cleveland in the playoffs, which is going to be tough because that Cleveland team is really a very good team. I think Toronto will probably finish second to the Red Sox. I think, as I told you months ago, I think the Leafs are going to get to the finals. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win the finals. I'm just saying they're going to get there. And as far as soccer goes, that is the dumbest game there ever was. <laughs> I, I can't believe that uh, people even go there. Uh, it, it's, it's a, you know, in the Mass General Hospital is considered one of the greatest hospitals in the world. There is only, on television, the only thing a patient can watch while in isolation <laughs> is a soccer game because they know they won't get too excited. Eddie, um... WrestleMania 34 next year. If we could arrange a Bruno Sammartino match against you, would you would you be in on it? <laughs> Bruno, is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. He was, he, you know, he was the subject of uh, many fixes in pro wrestling. 
to keep all the Italian crowd so they they would have him just wrestling setups all the time. But I have his real one and lost record when the when the games went first. He won eleven matches and lost over thirty three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of my favorites is uh, Sweet Daddy Siki, and Siki lives here in uh, we had him on in, the show once in Toronto. It's, yeah, uh, we had we had Sweet Daddy on the show. My, my wrestling was uh, Hair Arena would have uh, on Saturday night, and so Bobo Brazil and the Sheik and Sweet Daddy Siki, and uh, it was it was quite impressive that they could fake their way throwing chairs and hitting chairs, and the Sheik was one of those who had this magic dust, fairy dust that he would throw at them. So I'm it's glad that finally I've learned now that it all it's all within the rules. It's so. all it's all in the rule book. What's the Eddie, I thought I saw some an interesting tweet uh from you the other day about what uh, what it takes to be a, a referee in the wrestling world. Uh isn't it a three-part test? What was that all about, Eddie? Well, you know, it's one of the premier jobs you can have in the United States is to be a referee pro wrestling. First of all, you have to be able to count to three, which, left out, which leaves out you know a vast majority of of people from Maine. Um, and second of all, uh, you have to be able to be uh, you know sort of uh, courageous, because you know some of these guys don't like the referees, obviously. And third of all, you 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 must be able to have a shirt. With stripes that look like a zebra. <laughs> you have to bring your own shirts for all the matches. But it's a very uh, intellectual job. And if you've noticed, uh, the great referees really keep the boys. But, you know, like in hockey, you know, the referee keeps them from having. I don't think there's ever been a, a, a fight in the National Hockey League, has there? Uh, well, they, we're getting less and less of them. We're talking to Eddie Anna. Eddie, we won't we won't keep you long, and uh, we know you're down in Florida, and uh, we uh, we we always have a blast with you. You haven't lost a step, and uh, but we do. Uh, before we let you go, there is a very very good chance the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs will be meeting in the first round of the playoffs, and if that happens. You know that you're going to get a call from us, and uh, you know I, I I hate to say it, Eddie, but uh, we may learn to hate each other in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Bruins and Leafs. Well, how do you see that one shaping up? Well, uh, I, I would say that uh, if I've already told you, what is it with you guys? You want to say great? <laughs> I told you, I told you months ago that the, the Toronto would go to the finals. So if Toronto's going to go to the finals. Obviously, they can't lose to the Bruins in the playoffs. Well, we keep uh, we keep on uh, making sure that uh, you're not changing your mind on us, Eddie. Uh, so. No, no, no. I, I really think uh, if there's any justice in the world of sports, uh, Toronto will go to the finals. And I, I I think that they have some good young players and some speed. But what do I know? I've never been to a game. You, you've never been to a hockey game? No, not since they had six teams. Oh, I know you're teasing us here, Eddie. But uh, anyways, we, it's going to be uh, if it's going to be the Bruins and Leafs, and uh, we'll be in touch. And we hope uh, uh, we hope uh, we get an opportunity to talk about that series. And uh, it's always a thrill for us, Eddie. You know, yeah, well, uh, you know what you mean to the show. You know that uh, uh, we used to listen to you way back when, and uh, you are the godfather of sports radio. And uh, we wish you. We wish you all the best and give our best to the fabulous Judy. I know that uh, 
she's uh, she's feeling better now, and uh, enjoy your time in Florida, and uh, we hope we get you back real soon, Eddie. Well, I hope you come down here because you owe me a dinner. I do owe you a dinner, absolutely. So uh, I missed you this winter. I was, I was down there a couple of weeks ago, but this winter... Uh, but certainly, uh, I, you, I will, uh, I will deliver on my promise. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, enjoy yourself. Well, we will. Thank you so much, Eddie Andelman. Uh, uh, Naz hasn't lost, hasn't lost a step, has he? The professional wrestling rule book. <laughs> Never heard of that one. Hey, Butch, I'm, I'm sizing you up here. I think you know what? Uh, I think we're going to put Eddie Andelman in the ring with Bruno Sammartino, and you're going to be the manager. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I think I'm, I'm glad, you, I think I'm, you got I'm, what it takes I'm to be a manager. You, I'm glad at least I'm not the referee. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to come up with a handle for you. I'll, I'll give that one some thought. But Butch Carter is going to be Eddie Andelman's manager in a grudge, a steel cage match with Bruno Sammartino. Something to look forward to. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, had a little bit of fun with that one. We'll be right back after the break. Uh, we've got Butch Carter, and we've got a lot of hockey and basketball still to talk about. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language, no matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville at 736-3636 or visit pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Joining us in studio this morning is uh, Butch Carter. Uh, Once again, Butch... uh, we're down to the uh, short strokes of the season, and uh, Raptors are uh, obviously headed towards a playoff berth. It's going to be starting at home, from what uh, pretty obvious now, 
And uh, they seem to be doing better the last few weeks without, uh, not as a result of, but even without Kyle Lowry, the, the additions the Maasai made at the trade deadline uh, seem to have paid some dividends. Their defense is probably in a, posi- in a better position than it's ever been. And I know how important defense is to you, Butch, and your analysis of, uh, of basketball. Um, is there a lot for Raptors fans to be positive about and optimistic about giving the playoffs in the next couple of weeks? Well, I mean, I, you know, personally, I would like to see P.J. Tucker play instead of Carroll. Um, P.J. Tucker, you know, I said this uh, when you were gone, Wally, and, and uh, a couple weeks ago. P.J. Tucker reminds me um, straight out of Gladiator. He is a, he is a gangster <laughs> defender. And this is what you don't understand. The NBA officials don't allow guys to do what he does. When By the time they call a foul on him, he's fouled the guy three times. First two, they just let him. I mean, what he did to Paul George, um, you know, but, the, you know, the, the old adage that, you know, a guy can't lose his job by being injured. But Carroll is not as effective. If DeMar is on the court, um, P.J. will stay in the left corner facing the basket, and he's made some threes. But. I just, I just don't think you can value a guy that can take ten points away from the other team's star player. That, that, that is a huge attribute to have. And um, you know, it was a question I had when they traded for him. If as long as the officials give him the calls that he's historically gotten, but he's having the same impact that Oakley had. Oakley gave us respect with the officials, um, and again key part of the game I could put Oak on anyone he could ball slap he could get away with more stuff it's really important to get when it's star when it's playoff time and stars have to play against stars someone has to step up and uh, I'm you know I'm really impressed that he went from a losing team in Phoenix and has come here and the officials have let his rep come right with him and I think it's a tremendous plus but just Tucker made Valanchunas better because it seems to me their on court actions themselves that they're interacting has been very positive between those two guys well he may be more demanding of, of JV right I think the, the problem like I've always said is uh, young players are as a as a mature JV's role is only diminished by his actions if he doesn't put the energy into it, they throw in a ball. We haven't seen that shot fake, fake shot fake, as I said. You know, he just catches, shoots, makes. Um, JV has limitations on conditioning. So if a player has limitations on conditioning, he needs to exert his energy in a shorter period. And when you have uh, Serge and, and Tucker telling him that he has a responsibility level that's higher, it's always a lot easier for the coach to have the player, the leadership, in the locker room telling guys they need to step up because they have a chance to be a very good team. It, it is probably disappointing that they're not going to win their division, but the issue at the end of the day is, you know, they need to be good here at the end, and defensively they are good. Hopefully today against Philadelphia they won't won't slide back. Since the All-Star break, there's a stat. The Toronto Raptors are number one on defense, and the Cavaliers are last in the league on defense. Yeah. That's Can, not, are, 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 are the Cavaliers going to bounce back? I don't think so. I think the Cavaliers, have they've overloaded themselves with talent, and they've not been able to get in a good rotation. All right? They need they should be – the eight guys are going to play, and, and the ninth guy plays if someone gets in foul trouble. 
But, you know, I've always said Kyrie is a poor defender, uh, especially if he isn't making shots. So um, they've just not been able to get into a rhythm with the injuries uh, that they've had with guys being out. But, you know, you can't play all these guys, and, and you can't play 10 guys. Cleveland's not built to play 10 guys. They're built to play eight, maybe nine. Um, and so they haven't gotten to a defensive rhythm. Again, because they got the king in the locker room, that could change with one nasty speech, you know, uh, challenging his teammates or threatening them. So um, I know you know we know he's going to compete. So, um, but the trend is is definitely bad. Kyle Lowry. Nobody knows really uh, the extent of his injury, and we we, we don't know when he's going to be back. Um, how imp- I mean, he's obviously important, and uh, to the Raptors run, um, I can't see the Raptors going very far in the playoffs without him. But let's assume they get him back, and let's assume they get him back, and he's in eighty to ninety percent game shape. What's the upside for this team, given given that the Cleveland Cavaliers are now suddenly vulnerable? We uh, we very well could see the Raptors in the NBA Finals. Well, I mean, they are good good enough defensively, at least the last fifteen games, to be in that equation for getting to the finals. But the reality is, Washington and Boston have given them problems. So, you know, you can't you can't look at it as you know we have there's one one team we have to knock out. They just have to be mean enough in every opportunity that they get, regardless of opponent to win the game. So I I would think that's their focus. Uh, It's not really about, like I said, if you're going to get to the finals, you you need to be good enough to win two games on someone else's floor. Um, Historically, Lowry Lowry is their best three-point shooter, right? So you put Lowry in pick and roll with Ibaka, it only becomes better, right? I think it gives JV more room also. Um, But again, uh, what kind of condition is Kyle going to be in, um, which is really important. Let me ask you about, you know, from the perspective of, you, you know, you know basketball is, is as good as anybody as far as I'm concerned. Um, and you understand the challenges and the timing and the rhythm of the game uh, better than anybody. Kyle Lowry comes back um, and... The first time, let's say, he suits up is either the last game of the season or the first game of the playoffs. Uh, how long does it take a basketball player? I mean, shooting shooting a three-point shot or, or a jump shot is not one of the easiest things in professional sports. And you can lose, you know, that, that's, it, it, you know to, to, for, for a basketball that goes into the basket and for one that hits the rim— it doesn't take that much difference. How long does it take a basketball player when he comes off a month or a month and a half to be in the same position he was before he got it's injured? It's impossible almost because the number one thing that goes is uh, it's not a matter of running forward or shooting. This issue is uh, you're going to go in the playoffs and you've got the top point guards to defend. So he hasn't been in a stance, a defensive stance, the whole time he's been out. So what do you do? Do you put him on Isaiah Thomas? <laughs> do you put him on John Wall? Do you put him on Kyrie? That's that's going to be the biggest problem. So, you know, when I was a rookie, um, uh, Magic Johnson was a starter. Torres Meniscus was out six weeks. 
comes back and they think it's going to be the old world champion Lakers. And the biggest problem we found was that he was uncomfortable on the defensive side and getting in a stance. And that started the trend where they would start him on the power forward. Right? And he's playing point guard. But that was an act of genius by Riley because when they played him at power forward, he was closer to rebounds and he could take off. But I believe that the issue for Kyle won't be can he shoot the basketball will he be in shape. The issue is that the gauntlet of point guards that you have to play against. Uh, you know, the guy in Charlotte, he's not very ba- he's not a bad you know, so I think that's it's it's getting in a defensive stance because again, we're saying they've elevated their defensive play as a team, but if the point guard is running downhill all the time and Kyle can't stay with him because he's been off the floor and hasn't been in the defensive stance, hasn't been playing one on one full court, then um, that's that's where it's it's somewhere where you you think it's the obvious shooting. What now? Nah, it's can you guard these guys that have been running up and down the floor for these three or four weeks while you've been been incapacitated. So when he comes back, do you think Joseph should start and Lowry should come in as the second? You can't no, no, you, <laughs> Matt, no. I'm you, just, I for for the first reason is that Kyle's a free agent, so you don't you know him and his manager will be, you know, what gives him the greatest value, right? And again, remember I talked to you about you going to playoffs. You don't want to have something that comes up that lingers going into the next year, which is you know Casey did me wrong or whatever. So. You know, he should start. Again, it's just an issue of Joseph has proven himself to be an extremely efficient backup. He's not a starter. Mm, he's agree. he's a high-energy backup. And uh, I think that that's if anything's been clear, that, that has been really clear, um, you know, during this time when Kyle's out. He's a he's a qualified backup um, for and with plenty of playoff experience. I would not. Uh, the conundrum Casey's going to be in is that they've had him play these kids uh, going down the stretch here. I would set their ass on the bench and go, and go straight to playing uh, the veterans to to get to where they need to get to. We have about five minutes left, and uh, I know the boys of summer are back. Uh, the uh, the infamous phrase from uh, Roger Kahn's famous novel, <laughs> "The Boys of Summer," of course, is baseball and the Blue Jays, and. Uh, you know, we got a we got a veritable feast of uh, of winning teams in the Toronto area for the first time in, in since I can remember. Uh, the Blue Jays are certainly successful. The Leafs are successful right now. The Raptors and TFC went to the final last year. But uh, Blue Jays, uh, optimum optimism is running high, and uh, hope springs eternal. Naz, uh, we just signed uh, Gibbons Gibby to a new contract. And Batista's back, but Encarnacion is gone. They have one of the strongest pitching rotations in baseball. The bullpen, and there are some holes, and Melvin Upton Jr. is gone. Uh, shake it all up for us, Ness. Well, Melvin Upton Jr. is gone is a pretty serious thing because uh, who's going to play the outfield? Like That they, sort of they, took everybody they, by surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I have a theory on this, and it has to do with the first baseman. I think the problem is that smoke, they don't want smoke to be there either. And they want to re- remove some of the money that's being paid to Upton to get somebody in for smoke. Because I think that's the issue right now. The first baseman situation is not good with the Jays. And uh, Butch, pipe in whenever you want. But are the Jays headed for the uh, second place in that division behind the Red Sox, as Eddie Andelman suggests, and headed towards the wild card? Is that, uh, is that the uh, reasonable way of sizing this one up? Well, I don't know how you think you're going to finish first and you, and you just lost David Ortiz. You know, Big Poppy, you know, that 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 bat was a monster. 
in in that in that uh, for that team. So um, I've always liked John Farrell. I think John does a really good job. Um, I think Boston will be better, but I just you know I'd like to see you know how good you're going to be without Ortiz hitting the baseball out of the park real quick for you and just putting the fear of God. How important was Encarnacion to this team? And how much are they going to miss him? Well, he, he performed. You know, there were months in which, you know, no one else had to bat. He'd just get up there and knock the ball apart, and he'd get hot, and it'd carry the team for a month. So um, Edwin showed himself to be a very good Blue Jay when he was here. You know, I like rooting for him. I thought that he came to the park and did his job. And he was entertaining. I think the other thing is he made Donaldson's life easier. Yeah. Right? I mean, Donaldson, you know, what is he? How's he get served up? Well, you know, do you pitch to Donaldson or do I pitch to, you know, the double E? So, you know, I think it. I think he made his life a lot easier, and that's all That's all part of having a good team. Naz, you got your Blue Jays cap on this morning, and I know you're a big Blue Jays <coughs> guy. Um, does does Morales replace Encarnacion? Would I? I mean, the, the whole he way... doesn't replace him playing at first. That's the issue, okay. right? Because right. he can't play first. That guy can't yeah. play first. Yeah, I think the issue is. I mean, they blew the. I mean, I don't want to get back into it, but that was a blown contract negotiation from all sides, both from both from the Blue Jays and from from Edwin's agent, in my opinion. Um, I, I, the part about I loved about Encarnacion, and sometimes you forget about this part of it. Is sports is sports, but it's also entertainment. Yes. You're in the entertainment business, and especially when we're talking about WrestleMania today, it's entertainment. Sports is entertainment. Right. And what was more entertaining watching a Blue Jay game than when Edwin hit a home run <laughs> and, he, and he circled the bases with the parrot? With the chicken wing. With the, with the chicken wing. <laughs> it's entertainment, yeah. right? That's We want to go down and we want to be entertained. And sometimes... You know, obviously the best way of entertaining your audience is to win. Correct. Uh, but sometimes, you know, a little sideshow never hurt. And that was Edwin. To- that was Edwin. To- totally agree. Again, because he took a lot of heat off of him with this chicken wing. No one threw at him. You know, in the old days, a guy running around chicken wing, they'd, you know, they'd, they'd have chucked <laughs> his head off. So, right. Uh, and he had the parrot. And, you know, and, we, and we've talked about this on the show a zillion times. And one of the biggest differences between sports today and when we, when we grew up is it just seemed like when we were younger, the athletes had more personality. Right. And they had nicknames. Great. And, and we used to pretend when we used to be out in the schoolyards playing you know, you know, you were probably playing basketball in this, and you were the big O, or you were uh, Magic, or you were, or, you know, or you were the Stilt. You, you know, everybody, every, they all had nicknames. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring back the first baseman. You were going to talk about that. Yeah, Smoltz, Elaborate. Is, a, Smoltz is a problem, right? You know, the, the little time I, I got the missus to, to sit on the couch with me and watch, and you know I'm killing Smoltz. He's like I said, he can't hit anything. He can't hit anything that's got a loop on it, a loop. Like yeah, if it moves, uh, if it goes up and down, he can't hit it, all right. And uh, so now you've got why did you have Upton and Smoltz and Edwin's gone? You could have taken the money, ditched those two, and kept Edmund. Had a first baseman. I mean, so you know Smoltz is a problem because uh, he hit well enough to get his contract, and then he's basically vanished since he signed the contract. 
Anyways, I'm getting the uh, I'm getting the cut signal from the from the producer <laughs> Naz, and I know uh, this is uh, this has been a, it's a big show for us. So we've been on the air three years, and it's been a labor of love for us. And uh, I don't want to belabor it, but I know you might have some thank yous you might want to say. So I'll I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I'd like to thank uh, all the sponsors and uh, especially the listeners who've been uh, very loyal to us, and we've had tremendous ratings. And thank you very much. Yeah, I just. Very, very simply, I, I posted something yesterday. Um, it's uh, the only thing I can say is we talked about it earlier, Butch. Sports is a ruthless, cynical business, both from the perspective of the business and also from the perspective of the media. We've just tried to come down here and have some fun every Sunday morning and share our passion for sports. And we've talked to more legends than we could possibly have ever imagined. Dave Keon, Joe Theismann, Marv Levy, Scotty Bowman, the list. The list is endless, um, and we've tried to share that passion with the listeners, and and we thank you, our listeners. You've rewarded us uh, with tremendous numbers, uh, and our sponsors: Pizzaville, Steel's Paint, uh, Alta Infinity, Canadian Basketball League, Rigabon Carly, and Titanium Logistics. Thank you for your support, Zuma Radio. Thank you for giving us the opportunity and sticking by us, Neil Durning, wherever you are. Uh, thanks for believing in us and Bill Nadeau and Kim Mason who are put the theme song together and Kim is the sultry voice at the beginning of the show. Thanks to all and thank you Butch for uh, supporting us as well. We'll be back again. Well, next. I may not be back next Saturday, <laughs> okay. but Sunday. You got a big event in your life. Yeah. Naz's son is uh, getting married next uh, next Saturday night and on behalf of everybody Naz, I'll be there. I'll give you my congratulations then, but I know it's a big event in your family. And uh, from all of us, congratulations. Thank we'll you. be back again next Sunday morning. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.